What does God desire of us? Have you ever asked yourself what is really important in life? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators, and I'm so happy you're able to join us today. I think this is a very important podcast as we discuss what is really important in life. You know, we are all busy doing so many activities and things in our life. We're busy in our jobs, our families, our recreation, or even busy in our churches, aren't we? But what does God really desire of us? We're in the midst of a seven-part series on the life of Pastor Ted Veer. Pastor Veer had served the Lord in Ethiopia as a missionary for some 20 years, had seen demonic influence, and had endured the loss of two wives. He relates and gives testimony to the goodness of God as he describes someone else coming into his life. He shares with us today an important lesson that he discovered through the severe illness of his third wife, that God really does desire us to simply spend time with him in closeness and fellowship. I start today by asking Ted to pick up the story after the loss of his second wife. You know, it's strange that Melinda and I had met Val uh, before. Again, a strange connection that God had made there. And I was impressed with her, but I was married, so that wasn't that not in that sense. And I watched her on the field. She she was a, a, a godly girl, a quiet woman. But I just sensed a real godly woman in her. Well, now, after Melinda went, I really felt I needed a companion. I just needed, still in ministry, and I still needed that very, very, very much. And as I prayed for a godly woman, God directed my attention to her because she was just about to retire in California. She had been single all her life, and this far she had, she worked in Africa as a nurse, and then she was working as a nurse in our senior center in California. And uh, so then I, I start writing to her, and the Lord clearly confirmed that, and we were married then a year and a half later. Mm-hmm. And um, at that point in your life, what were you doing ministry-wise? I was I was working for the church. Right after Melinda passed away, the church asked me to continue to working with the senior members of our church visitation. That was a big help to me because it was a comfort to me I was ministering to them, but they were ministering to me. So it was a real, real tool in that regard. And I kept that on for, even after Val and I were married, I kept on ministering. We kept ministering to the senior members of our congregation, the singles, as well as the, the, which had been the widows and the, and the singles in our church, as well as the couples in our church as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then at some point, uh, things took a turn for the worse with Val. Yes, uh, she noticed in one of her, she was a nurse, and she noticed one time when we were uh, in North Dakota, actually, she noticed that her R's were slurring. And she was suspicious of that. Um, and uh, we were home. Then we decided to go to a doctor here in town, neuro, neuro, neurologist, and uh, he checked her out and said, you don't have ALS. Oh, we were relieved at that, but what is it? Uh, he said, come back in six months. And so we went home, and in two months she noticed some more signs. So we made another point. We went back, and he said, I told you, you don't have the ALS. Come back in six months again. Well, then we went to another doctor in, in Hutch, and he said, I'm quite sure you have it. And he sent us to KU. He said, once I think of one way, I, I, I have hard time thinking another trial. So I want a conf- confirmation. So we went to KU and they confirmed that it was ALS. Mm-hmm. 
came back and the doctor said, uh, I'll give you three to maybe three and a half years. And for the first two years, uh, the only thing that was, was going was her voice. Her, the control of her voice, she couldn't understand them, she could not speak. But other than that, she was doing fine. We, 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 we purposed to do to enjoy life to the fullest, whatever we had left. And then after two years, after, uh, two full years of that, the nurse from Wichita, the, the, one of the nurses came in to see her. And she was coming up from downstairs. He said, Oh, she's, she's doing great. She'll never be, we were talking about a wheelchair. She'll never be in a wheelchair. Within two months, she was in a wheelchair. Then it started going down, but she said, You'll have to take things off the stove because I'm not sure if my hands can handle that. Phil's would come. She said, "You'll have to, you'll have to give me the baby because I don't think I can pick up the baby. I'll sit down, and then I'll take the baby." So she recognized her hands were wheezing. Well, then, shortly after that, her hands went completely, and then it wasn't a month or so her, her legs started going again. I had to take care of her everything. She couldn't. She couldn't handle anything. And within within two months, I think she was completely, completely uh, an invalid in that regard. And uh, you know, I had to do things for her that I never thought I could do. But the Lord, the Lord encouraged me. What else can you do? And the Lord encouraged me to do it. And and we enjoy, we if we could enjoyed it, I I actually learned learned to do things: combing her hair, brushing her teeth, and and even putting in her earrings, she wanted her earrings in, and she, and those were things that we we bond bonded together in a different way than a normal couple, and that was a blessing to my own heart in that regard. We we prayed, we spent the first um, I imagine when we really knew about it, we spent about three months praying for healing, and separately as well as jointly. We prayed for healing. After three months, I said to her, Val, how do you think the Lord is leading you? She said, the Lord is not going to heal me. He told me he gave me ALS for his glory. Mm-hmm. Well, that was my feeling, but I didn't want to tell her that. But then we, our feelings were united. We still, I still prayed for her healing to within two weeks if she died, because God could change his mind, could do miracles. But it was more and more evident that he wasn't going to heal her, and uh, God did use her in amazing ways with with nurses that she could communicate beyond me. But I I, I was with her all the time because she couldn't guests would come she couldn't communicate with them so then I was I was a bridge for them. So and we had a lot of guests. It was amazing. Uh, at one stage, I even thought of maybe limiting the guests. And the in the nursing home said we've never had that kind of problem before, uh, but the Lord was good to us, and we are so thankful. And uh, and then she 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 had a feeding tube eight months before she passed away, and she and one day with hospice she just said I'm done. I mean she communicated to the nurse I'm done. That was a really a jolt to me because I knew that when she was done feeding that wasn't very long. I went home that night, I could hardly sleep, and I came back, and the next morning she had another Christian nurse on that woke her up in the morning and said, did you choose not to eat anymore to spare Ted, or did you do it because God led you? And she was able to communicate to this nurse that God had led her. Mm -hmm. That relieved me, because it was not for pity for me or anything, but she was doing this because God had led her, and then within three days she was gone. Mm -hmm. So... 
I learned a lot. After she was gone, I sat down, about three months later, I sat down and I asked the Lord to show me the lessons that he taught me during that time. You know, with Doris and with Melinda, they were gone quickly. And then we just had to pick up the pieces. But here, we've been down in the valley for three and a half, three years and a month. And the Lord gave me about uh, 24 different lessons that he taught me during that time. Mm -hmm. That was a blessing to Mark. Mm -hmm. Every six months, I would review those to see that I hadn't forgotten them. One of the simple things, for instance, that the Lord taught me... Uh, when I took care of her in the daytime, I was very tired. When came at nighttime, I was just ready to drop into bed. And I, I got her medicine, I got her everything taken care of and everything, and then I, then I was ready to go to bed. I noticed she was restless. I didn't know what she wanted. She couldn't tell me what she wanted. And finally I figured out what she wanted. She wanted me to just sit with her a little bit because she knew that she could go anytime. And after all the chores were done, she just wanted me to sit with her mm. and uh, I did about five minutes just very preciously together I had my head on her shoulder on the on the she was on the rocker and then was ready to go to bed mm. and the Lord said to me that's what I want after our time together I want you to sit with me rather than prayer time always asking and, and talk just sit with me you know that's a precious that's a precious truth that we Americans don't have time for it. Right. But the Lord really spoke to my heart about doing that. And so those are some of the lessons that he taught me. God desires our fellowship, doesn't he? He made us as relational beings with our fulfillment found in relationship to others, as well as ultimately in relationship to himself. In 1 John 1, 3, John states, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. In Mark 1, 35, Jesus is noted to have gotten up early in the morning to spend time with His Father. It says in that verse, quote, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed, end quote. The psalmist in Psalm 5.3 states, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. How is your fellowship with the Lord coming along? Do you have a daily time of closeness with God where you just sit in His presence, reading His Word, letting the Spirit transform you? Do you spend your time with God asking for many things? That's not particularly wrong, but let's remember that God wants our fellowship, our intimacy, our closeness, simply resting our head on His shoulder, as Ted has related. Next time we'll hear about how Ted continues to have a heart for individuals and continues to make disciples at age 92. He is such an encouragement to each of us as we learn more about making disciples naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.